This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. I think you hurt my head real bad. I'm dizzy. I need a doctor. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I find uh, ASMR to be extremely annoying. Do you know what ASMR is? Uh, uh, It's been a thing for a while according to certain hipsters. I'll get into that. But in case you don't know what ASMR is, it is a... uh, The ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Or, sometimes it's known as Auto Sensory Meridian Response. Uh, It's a tingling sensation that usually begins in the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and the upper spine. It's a pleasant form of uh, paresthesia. Paresthesia is a uh, is an abnormal sensation of the skin, uh, tingling, pricking, uh, chilling, uh, burning, numbness, with no apparent cause, physical cause. All right, and this is this is stuff I got from uh, Wikipedia. And um, it's a uh, uh, ASMR signifies a, the subjective experience of low-grade euphoria characterized by a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling tingling sensation of the skin. It is most commonly triggered by specific auditory or visual stimuli, and less commonly by intentional uh, attention control. Now. ASMR uh, is it as as it's uh, as it's known now uh, most frequently is it's caused by whispering, uh, gentle clicking sounds, tapping sounds, crinkling of paper, things like that that can in certain people can make them do the little kind of response um you know uh, uh, I know one person that has this response to it uh, many years ago and I don't know why it came up I don't know how it came up I don't know why I started doing it but I was I was uh, uh, kind of playing around with Amy 
and uh, and I was I was seeing how quietly I could whisper in her ear. I mean, I get right to her ear, and I would almost barely make any sound. I would whisper something like, "I'm going to have you cremated." I, I'm going to have you cremated. Okay, which is a joke that Amy and I know about, but I won't go into it. But anyway, so I would say something like that. But I would say it even quieter than what I said it just then. I'd say it even quieter, and she would hear something, and she would she would do this thing. Let's say like her shoulders would go up, her head would come down, her eyes would clench shut. She'd get kind of a little grin on her face, and she'd go. She said like she would get chills. She would just it just would be this pleasant but weird kind of kind of thing, right? Would happen with her, and apparently. That's the ASMR response that my wife would have. My response to ASMR is to be annoyed. <laughs> um, I tend to not like the whispered voice. Uh, I, I mean, it's okay, you know, and I can handle a whispered voice here and there. It's not, not that big a deal. But I don't get that feeling. <laughs> I don't get that. I get the just stop it feeling. And uh, a couple few weeks ago, I posted on Facebook that I find ASMR to be extremely annoying. And, and my, my posting was triggered by a couple of things. Two podcasts that I listened to. Uh, it put it in my mind... Uh, and I just said, yeah, I'm going to post that on Facebook. And the two podcasts I'm talking about are, uh, one is uh, The Greatest Generation, which is about Star Trek and not about the generation of people who lived through, their, lived through the Depression and then, you know, fought in World War II. You know, that Tom Brokaw says, it's the greatest generation. <laughs> you know, Tom Brokaw Ah, so great generation. You know, no, no, it's not that. It's Star Trek. Uh, it's a podcast. I know I've talked about it before on the show. It's a podcast hosted by uh, Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica, and uh, they start. They they review episodes of Star Trek, the TV shows, and they started with Next Generation because that was their first Star Trek. The original series was my first Star Trek, but you know, whatever. Um, and so I've been listening to that podcast, and in the you know they've gone through uh, what the seven seasons of uh, uh, the Next Generation. They've gone through that. They've gone through I think it's nine seasons of Deep Space Nine. They've gone through those, and they've gotten into I think the fourth season of Voyager, right? And just in the last couple few months. I'll say on a, on eight to ten episodes of their of their podcast, they've decided to, for comedy's sake, do ASMR. And so they'll start whispering to their listeners, "I'm crinkling some paper right now. I'm doing this." And they they do this for comedic effect. I don't know why they just started doing it. There was something in a sh in an episode that put the idea in their minds, and so they started doing it. And when they do it, I get annoyed. 
I said, okay, boys, wrap it up. Stop doing it. But did I say anything on Facebook at that point? No, no, I didn't. I held my tongue. Didn't say anything. But then, on a recent episode of, the, of another podcast that I listened to, which is Science Versus, which is a science podcast, uh, they, they, they had an episode that was dedicated to ASMR. And what science has to say about that phenomenon. <clears throat> I found out they were going to do an ASMR when I listened to the show prior to that episode. And at the very end, uh, host Wendy Zuckerman, who has a voice I love to listen to, she's got this great Australian accent. I think it's, I, I really like listening to her voice. I think it's great. And if you can have a crush on somebody's voice, I kind of had a have a crush on her voice. It's just, I just do. And so at the end of the episode, just prior to the ASMR episode, she says, you know, on the next show, we're going to talk about this ASMR. And she starts doing the whispering thing. And I was annoyed. And as of recording this, I still have not listened to that Science Versus episode. There have been two more since. I just I haven't been able to bring myself to listen to it because I know I'm going to be annoyed. Now, I've learned about being annoyed at the whispered voice a long time ago, although technically this isn't quite right. I'll explain. In 1982... I went to see uh, the since you know the the big sensational film of that year. Well, it wasn't the biggest sensational film of that year, but it was one of the big sensational films of the year. Poltergeist. The biggest was E.T. the Extraterrestrial, but Poltergeist. I went to see that, and uh, there's a scene in that movie in which uh, uh, there's the there's the mom. Uh, well, okay. Poltergeist is about a suburban family uh, having uh, happen. Uh, they happen to live in a house that has a portal that leads to, you know, the other dimension, whatever that is, right? Where the light is, go into the light, don't go into the light, that kind of crap. So they happen to live in a house that has that, and uh, their youngest uh, child, a daughter, gets sucked into the other realm. So naturally, they bring in a bunch of parapsychologists. Now look, I, I can handle this stuff in movies. You know, that, 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 that there is paranormal and supernatural in movies. As long as, within the movie, the story adheres to the rules of the world set up in the movie, I can suspend my disbelief. Now, I do not believe that there is paranormal in the real world, that there is supernatural in the, in the real world. I don't believe that. Uh, if there is paranormal and supernatural in the real world, well, then it's not paranormal and supernatural. It's normal and natural. Maybe rare, but that's normal and natural. It's just not, you know, I just don't, I don't accept that there's magic. As Tim Minchin had said in his song Storm, or his poem Storm, every mystery throughout history ever solved turned out to be not magic. But in the movies, I can suspend my disbelief 
and accept that you know Harry Potter is a wizard, that uh, the Avengers have superpowers, I, I, I can and that there are ghosts. I can accept that in movies and in books and comic books and things like that. <clears throat> There's a scene in the film Poltergeist. The, the, the youngest daughter gets sucked into the other realm. They bring in the parapsychologist. The, the lead parapsychologist is a woman uh, played by uh, a, uh, the actor Beatrice Strait, who, by the way, Beatrice Strait won Best Supporting Actor, or Actress, I should say, uh, for the 1976 film Network which stars William Holden as an aging newsman seeing uh, uh, Faye Dunaway come in and changing the nature of TV news from it doesn't get good ratings, it doesn't make money, it's about informing the viewer. It's about you know giving the news and Faye Dunaway comes in wanting to make news entertainment. And it's the, it's the movie with the famous you know, uh, Peter Finch saying I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, William Holden, who, by the way, was the actor was 58 when he made that movie. He's a year older than I am. And I'm telling you, there's no goddamn way I look as old as William Holden in that movie. Now, I don't know if it's makeup or if it's the fact that he smoked and he drank a lot, the actor, that makes him look so damn old. I don't look that old. I'm, t I'm 57. I don't look anywhere near as old as William Holden does in that movie. At least I hope I don't. Anyway, Beatrice Strait plays his wife. Now he starts to have an affair with Faye Dunaway, of course, and 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 he's he. There's a scene in the movie that takes like five minutes, and he's telling his wife that he's having this affair, and and his wife, you know, of course, is not happy about it. It's a great scene, and I think it's the only thing she might be in another shot or two in the movies, but but that's her scene. That is Beatrice Strait's scene, and she's fantastic. And I will link to it on the show notes. Uh, it's on YouTube. Just go to dimland.com and click on the show notes blog option, and you'll and you'll get to it. It is it's fantastic. She's great, and she won the best supporting actress award for that. Well, she's in Poltergeist. She plays the one of the one of the uh, 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 investigators. And there's a moment in the film where it's quiet and everybody's trying to get some sleep while they're trying to figure out how to get the, you know, the daughter out of the other realm. And they're having a conversation about what happens after death, right? And they're whispering. It's, uh, it's the mom and the son and, this, and, and, and the head you know, parapsychologist woman. Uh, the father is watching. He's listening in, but he's not talking. But the three of them are talking. And the actors, you know, Joe Beth Williams plays the, the mom and Beatrice Strait plays the parapsychologist and the kid is played by some actor. I don't know his name. And I didn't bother to look it up. Sorry. Um, they are whispering to each other. Now, the kid doesn't pull it off. He whispers a little bit, but then just talks with his normal voice. But the, but the mom whispers and the, and the parapsychologist, she whispers, except they're not whispering when you whisper it's like this i was told that so-and-so likes to wear a crown when they're home all by themselves isn't that weird that's whispering hushing your voice lowering the tone 
in that scene, they're not whispering. They're talking like they're whispering. I heard that when you die, you find your, all your pets and everything's great. Oh, some people believe that when you die, you go through a tunnel and there's a great light. And when you get to the other side, all the questions you've ever asked have been answered. And the dad across the room should be saying, you know, guys, I can hear every word you're saying. You're not whispering. They're not whispering. And I found it annoying. And this is 1982. So I posted, okay, so the two podcasts, The Greatest Generation, for some reason, decided to do ASMR as a comedy bit. Right? And then Science Versus decides to do a what the, what the Science Tells Us About ASMR episode, which I still haven't listened to, because it's going to be annoying. And so I, I was prompted by those two things. I'd heard about MS, ASMR before. My friend Dave at the comic book store had asked me if I'd heard about it, and I, I hadn't. He explained what it was. I, and he says to me, uh, there's, you know, there's porn channels. There's, there's porn videos where the people in there whisper as they do naughty things, and they're naked, whatever. And apparently people get off on that. Okay, well, you know, I, hey, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I don't have a problem with it. That's fine. I, I mean, if you know, I don't have a problem with you not having a problem with it. I just don't like, I, I find it annoying. I think I've established that. Uh, <clears throat> so I'd heard of it before. It's just that this was the first time I mentioned it. And so the, the hipster comes in. Right? I, I, I put it up on Facebook. I just say, like, I find ASMR to be extremely annoying. I just said that, posted it up there, and see what kind of reaction I got. And the first couple of comments were, yeah, I agree with you. And then there's the hipster that comes in and says, Dude, where you been? It's been like five or ten years since this has been a thing. I always hated it, too. And I said, oh, well, great. You were an early adopter. I wasn't an adopter. I didn't like it. I hated it. Okay, you were an early hater. Like, who cares, dude? You knew about it. I'm just pointing out. I find it annoying. I'm not pointing it out. I'm not pointing out that I just discovered ASMR. I'm just pointing out. I found it annoying. It's not okay, and I do. I find it annoying. You may not. Uh, I think I've told you that my wife doesn't find it annoying. She does the old when I start doing whisper in her ear like that. You know, hey, different strokes, different folks. What are you going to do? What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll return. I'll return. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, y'all. This is Tangina. You're going to give me whiplash looking up there, too. 
I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dem's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dem doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers, or the beast? Well, holy sh**. Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dem's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I haven't done a show for a month. I took the entire month of May off because, uh, as I said on Facebook before May came about, that I, or that at least what would have been the first show in May came about, that I was just going to take the month off because I was too freaking busy. Uh, long. If you were listening to the last show I did before taking that break, uh, you know that uh, I had started up at, uh, at an old job that I used to do, a silk screening shop in Minneapolis called Cold Side, working in the office doing customer service stuff and all that. Uh, I had started back there on April 11th. The, the first week... I worked with the office manager who'd been there for 10 years and was, you know, was the guy that was keeping things rolling and uh, and for uh, the last couple of years was the only guy in the office. And he, you know, he needed help. He needed somebody in there permanently and it turned out to be me. And uh, the first week that I worked with him was sort of a crash course to catch me up with the stuff that I used to do. I used to work in the office there, but it had been 14 years. Things had changed a little bit. And he was going on tour with his band for the next six weeks or so. And so I was going to be the guy <laughs> taking care of the office. And I, it just got crazy busy. It, it, you know, it's our busy season. Uh, and, you know, so you, you add that on to the fact that I'm, I'm taking over and, and not completely up to speed on how everything goes. 
and having to figure everything out. Uh, I did have one of the bosses was helping. And for the most part, his help was helpful. Sometimes his help slowed you down. But, but for the most part, he was helpful. And there was two things that he did. My second check that I got, my second, he gave me a raise. <laughs> he gave me a raise because he said, you know, it, uh, he said later in a text, uh, he said, you've done an incredible job. This was just a couple days before the office manager, his name's John, the office manager, before John came back. Well, John is back. Uh, he came back a week ago Thursday, which would be yesterday as I record this. He came back a, a week ago. And, uh, uh, you know, that first couple of days, it's just kind of sort of catching up, and then it's Memorial Day. So we had the day off, and then Tuesday, we're you know starting to get things figured out and untangle the web that uh, I tried to keep from getting too tangled, and uh, you know so we started getting somewhere. In fact, at about two thirty uh, on Thursday, you know a week after the office manager was back, at about two thirty something happened. Something unusual happened. I turned to him when I, when this thing happened. I turned to him. He said his desk is right behind mine. And so I turned and I said, uh, John, uh, something unusual just happened. And he looks at me and says, what? And I said, um, I'm caught up. I was caught up on all my jobs. There was, a, you know, I had sent out some emails to a couple of customers to ask questions about something or to give them some information, and I was waiting to hear back from them. But I was caught up. I, all my jobs were caught up. And you know, he had a couple of things for me to do anyway. But it was it was weird. I mean, six weeks of him gone, not having a chance to be caught up, and then a week after he's back, I finally got caught up. My janitorial skills came in handy. Uh, 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 John comes back, and uh, we have a, a an auto printer. That's a that's a machine that just sort of you know does the printing for you. You 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 know it, it pulls the the squeegees across the screen for you. It's not a manual machine. Well, the auto printer that we had since the I guess Coltside had it since the mid '80s or something had finally gotten to a point where they just couldn't repair it anymore. Didn't have the parts, didn't, it, just, it just couldn't be repaired anymore. So they, they bit the bullet and got a newer one. Not a new one, but a newer one. And so that means that they had to take out the old one. And uh, the bo one of the bosses, uh, he brought in a friend who was able to, you know, say, like take things apart and cut things. You know, he saw through the the the, 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 the iron or whatever the steel that it was being the, the, the frames are made of. He's cutting it apart. He had a he had a torch that would burn through it. He was doing all this kind of stuff. We, we and and the rest of us would muscle it out onto the street where he torched the thing apart. And there was a frame that inside the frame hydraulic fluid had gathered. And when he cut it open, the hydraulic fluid came out onto the street. And it, and it's this red color. And I, I looked out, I said, well, what do you do? Did he cut his arm off or something? He said, What's on well, it's hydraulic fluid. Well, the boss, we 
pull all the parts. We put them in the back of a pickup truck so they can take it away and go for scrap, which they got like 88 bucks for. And and the boss says, do we have a bunch of rags to pick up the fluid, you know, the hydraulic fluid that's in the street? Yeah, yeah, we do. And we start to head back, and I turn to John, and I said, you know, you know, we got the uh, we have the uh, cloth roll towels for in the bathroom for hand towels. I said, you know, we I could grab one of those uh, uh, used roll towels and use that because there's plenty of towel on one of those. So what I did was I grabbed the roll and I went out and I just unrolled the towel, walking back and forth, up and down, back and forth. I would step on it to push it into the into the into the hydraulic fluid and I'd go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to you know lay out this as as smoothly as i could and the boss is watching and he says yeah you're, you're almost a professional at that <laughs> and i looked at him and says well when you've been in you know when you've done janitorial as long as i have you've cleaned up just about everything so my janitorial skills came in handy uh, people were impressed they all looked and said hmm. i think there was a, a small round of of polite golf applause uh, from the you know bystanders, I think I want to think that I heard that. John's back, and I got caught up. Okay, um, now's where the show takes a darker turn. Um, we have a cat. You've heard the cat on the show, in in those moments where what I call felinus interruptus, where she comes in and she starts telling me some bullshit about you know some you know multi-level marketing or UFOs are actual alien spacecraft or ghosts are real or something. She comes in and interrupts the show with that nonsense. Um, a few weeks ago. Oh, and this also ties in with. Uh, Beware the Ides of the Week. also ties in with that. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, it was an evening. Uh, I, I was at home. Uh, Amy and I are sitting on the couch right over there. See? Over there, if you're looking. Over there. And, you know, and, I'm, and I'm on my laptop, and I'm doing the, the comic book store work. I'm entering comic books into our online catalog. Amy's uh, watching something on TV. Uh, and Callie, our cat, is uh, laying along my along the side of me. Uh, she, her back's against the side of my leg, and she's between the arm of the of the couch and my leg, and she's laying there sleeping. And that's something she's taken to uh, to do much more often recently, well, over the recent uh, weeks and months or something. She started to you know she cuddle with us when she's sleeping. Uh, she started doing that much more often. And anyways, and that's great. It's great. You know, I'm working on the stuff, and she's laying right there. It's real nice and calm and quiet and all that. It's it's great. Um, she she woke up. She she turns her head back. She looks up at the ceiling, kind of, and she starts meowing. Meow, meow, meow. Kind of a plaintive meow. She's shaking a little bit. She seems out of it. And I look at you, okay, kitty? And she'd get up, and she's wobbly on her legs, and she got off the couch, and she's wobbly still. I can't remember if she fell to the floor, if she just laid down on the floor, whichever it was. And after, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, she just snaps out of it, gets up, and walks off into the kitchen. 
Amy and I look at each other. That was weird. And we figured, you know, maybe she was having a bad dream and she was just kind of, you know, not quite awake yet. Uh, then, you know, we didn't, you know, just kind of kept it in our minds, just keep an eye on her, you know. A couple days later, almost the same scenario. We're sitting on the couch, she's watching, we're watching something on TV, I'm doing some comic book stuff on my laptop, and the cat is not, is cuddled up alongside of Amy. And she does the same thing. She wakes up from her sleep, she starts meowing, kind of distressed sounding. She's wobbly, shaky. She gets up. She gets off the couch. I can't. I can't remember if she laid down or fell down, but she's down on the floor. She's shaking a little bit. She's meowing, and after thirty seconds, a minute or so, she snaps out of it. She walks off. So we look at each other again. That's weird. Bad dream. I think at that point we start saying seizure. Was that a seizure? A couple few days after that. Uh, Amy and I w were at work. We were just actually we were just heading home. Uh, Hayden was in his finals week. He was back home, but he was in his finals week, so he's either studying or taking finals. And just as Amy and I were in the car driving uh, to, to 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 come home, Hayden texts Amy, and he says something's wrong with Callie. And he describes it. She said he said she was meowing a lot. She started shaking. She fell down. It's just, you know, it's not exactly the same kind of thing that, that we saw, but pretty close enough. And I said, you know, I started dropping F-bombs. She's having an effing seizure. She's having effing seizures. God damn it, she's having effing seizures. Um, so Amy got an appointment for the vet, took her to the vet. Uh, the vet thought that there's a, probably a brain tumor, maybe a tumor somewhere else. Let's do a blood test to eliminate maybe a kidney problem or some other kind of problem. Uh, the blood test didn't show that there was any kind of other problem. So the, the vet's saying, yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's something going on in her brain. And then um, we didn't see another seizure for a while. I, there might have been one. I was half asleep. I woke up and she was she was asleep and she kind of woke up and she was doing the meow 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 thing, but she didn't get up and she was shaking a little bit. So maybe she was having a seizure, but I don't know. And of course, we don't know about what would happen when we were at work and we weren't didn't see her. So we you know or overnight, you know, we don't know. Well, that day, uh, uh, I don't know, a few days after that, she starts. Um, we start noticing that she's breathing very funny, uh, shallow, rapid breaths. It was a couple days of that, and uh, one evening, it was a Tuesday evening, Amy looked it up online, and she found uh, a website that, you know, by a veterinarian uh, uh, organization that has various videos to show you what, you know, ailments of pets that you might look for, and whatever, whether it might be. And then we saw that, you know, this, this, this respiratory uh, distress that uh, the pets can get into, and uh, she was, and it was exactly that. I mean, she was just a short, rapid breath that was going on, you know, all the time while she's sleeping, while she's awake, while she's moving around, while she's just sitting there, just, just, just doing that. That was a Tuesday night. So then, um, Amy and I talked about it. Said she, oof, you know, with the brain tumor thing, maybe, 
We don't know. We never got that exactly figured out, but it was possible. And now with the stress breathing and the fact that the cat's about 14 years old, I'm th I said to her, I, I, you know, it might, it might be time. So we, you know, okay, whatever. So we go to bed, and I get up the next morning. I'm the early riser, so I get up before Amy and Hayden. I come downstairs, and the cat's laying on the couch, and she's um, she's doing that, that breathing thing still, and she's purring while she's doing that breathing thing. And it's not the usual, oh, 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 kind of, you know, oh, kind of purr. It's, oh, 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 oh. it's like that. And that you know, and I and I learned that uh, when when a cat purrs, it can mean a couple of things. It can mean they're content and they're relaxed and they're you know feeling fine and safe and all that, or it could mean they're trying to calm themselves down from some kind of stress. It didn't sound good to me, and I looked at her and I thought, oh boy. So when Amy came down, I said, I think it's time. She called the vet clinic that we take her to they couldn't get her in they said call the uh, vet hospital that's that's near us and you know amy talked to him for a little bit and then they she put her she, she couldn't talk anymore so she put the put them on the phone with me and i i just said you know they said we could do a quality of life check we can do that and i said i just don't i don't i just don't see it you know with the possibility of a brain tumor and now she's having the stress in their breathing i said it's time so we, you know, the three of us went on over. Um, you know, they, 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 you, you park in the lot and you text them that you're there, and then a couple of people come out and they take the cat in, and they said, "Well, we'll let you know when to come in." Uh, so they get her hooked up with the, you know, with the the IV ports in her, in her one of her paws, and uh, then they had us come in, and we had a room, with the, th you know, the three of us with her. And I, I, I asked, you know, can we remove our masks? Because I wanted Callie to see our faces. I didn't, I didn't want her to see our masks, you know. And they said, yeah, that's fine. And they, they take as much time as you want, and you just press this button, and the vet will come in and take care of her. And we did. And the vet came in. Amy was holding her, holding Callie, not the vet. And, um, you know... And the vet gave us a little talk about what was going to happen, what might happen. You know, she might she might release some urine. Doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. Her eyes won't close. Her tongue might come out. You know, this is kind of a little talk there. And uh, she said, "Are you guys ready?" And and she she put the you know the uh, the medicine or the chemical or whatever you want to call it, the poison. Uh, into Callie. It's very, she's very gentle. She's, you know, she was on, the, the cat uh, had gotten some sort of something to relax her. So, you know, she's in Amy's arms and, and the, the vet puts in the, in the, in the stuff. And Callie sat up, you know, she kind of pushes up on her front paws and, and looks around and the vet's just saying, it's okay, kitty, it's okay, kitty. And then she went down and then she was gone. You know, it's 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 hard to believe how into you they can get, how into your heart, how into your minds that these these animals get. She was a pain in the ass so many times, but so many times she was wonderful. And 
she was gone. We, it, it, she was our mother. Uh, she was our, 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 It was Amy's parents' cat. They took in a stray. She was a kitten. It was a stray. They took her in. And when my mother-in-law died, and my father-in-law had to move in with my brother-in-law, couldn't take care of the cat. And, and we're at the uh, dinner after the memorial service for for my mother-in-law, and both Hayden and Amy look at me. And Hayden says, "Dad, can we can we take Callie?" <laughs> you know, well, I'm, am I going to say no? And at that point, it had been a long time since Amy had had a pet. Uh, Amy had grown up with pets. And, she, and we had a dog, Quigley, and Quigley had died. Hayden was like, I don't know, two or three. And we went years without having a pet until, until we got Callie. Um, yeah, so uh, when Callie went and, and I said let's I told Amy I said let's let's wait a month let's, let's wait a little bit of time I said I promise you we will not go so long without having a pet I'm not a pet person I can live my life without a pet although I do like I do like pets but I can live my life without them Amy not so much so uh, I promised her that uh, we won't take a long time without a pet I will take my next break now. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I shall return. Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Happy Jack wasn't all, but he was Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space age skill and serve your country too. The Aerospace Team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network.
Oh, my back? <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, welcome back to Timline Radio. How long did you sit there? I'm sorry. Uh, welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I I I had something I had to do, and I'm sorry about the dead air. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. I thought I oh boy, I should have made it for a longer break. Okay, 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 okay. I only got so much time before I have to end the show. Okay. So again, I apologize for that longer. Uh, dead air. I hope it wasn't too long. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now, I, uh, I get to transition to, you thought that was dark. Um, April 24th was a Sunday, I believe. And the family all got together to uh, go to a restaurant and celebrate uh, my father's uh, 87th birthday, which would be April 26th. would be two days later. Astrologers, put your charts away. Uh, but, you know, it was a Sunday. We all got together. And... Uh, as has been the case the last several times that uh, we've gotten together, um, I would, you know, you know uh, Amy and Hayden and I would head over to mom and dad's place. They're, they live about a mile from us. We're, we're closest to them. We would head over there, and, and we'd all hop in mom and dad's car. I would drive to take them to where we were going. Dad just started asking me, "Do you wanna? You know, could you drive us out there? And you can use our car." And it made sense to use their car because it, uh, uh, Mom would have an easier time getting in and out of out of their car than out of our car. So I said, "Yeah." So that's what we were, we'd been doing. Well, we went over. It was a Sunday, and uh, we got over there. And Mom was, uh, Mom and Dad were waiting in the kitchen. Mom was sitting at the table, and she said that. Uh, uh, before we left, she said, "Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I get I get out of air. I mean, I just I walk down to the end of the hall and I'm 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 you know I'm out of air. Not not as bad, but bad enough, right? Not as bad as walking from the house out to the car and getting into the car. That she would just be gasping, you know." And she and the way you know she'd be like, ah, 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 you know, and I'm not making fun of her. That's just how she would sound while she's trying to catch her breath. Uh, you know, okay, that's a concern. We go out. We have a, a, a wonderful dinner. You know, take her home. Get her out of the, you know, getting to the car from the restaurant. Getting in the car, same thing. Just out of breath. Just uh, just just feeling you know like you know feeling bad. You know, she's just she's just in bad shape. But once we get driving and she, you know, catches her breath, she's okay. So we head home. And then we get home. It's get her out of the car, get her in the house, the same thing. She's in the house. She's, uh, 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 you know. So I told Dad, now, Mom has a, 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 a an oxygen machine in the house. She's had that for a while now because of some previous illness thing. So they, they just they've just kept it. 
and, and, and still use it. And I, well, they don't use it that much. So I told dad, you should probably get her on the oxygen and help, you know, you should probably do that tonight. And which he did. And he also said, we'll call the doctor in the morning and see what's going on. Well, they called the doctor the next morning and the doctor said, get her to the emergency room. So they head down to the, you know, to the emergency room. So she, they, she got admitted to the hospital and she was there for, uh, it's when it was Monday, I think she came home that Thursday or Friday. Uh, she had fluid in her lungs and, you know, so they, they worked to get that cleared up and she felt better and she was able to go home. So they sent her home. Uh, Saturday. Now, I work at a comic book store, Nostalgia Zone, on Saturdays. And I, uh, for a few weeks now, I've been doing, I've been running the register from 2 to 6 while the store is open for customers. So I've been doing that now. And um, it got to be about 5.30, and I got a call from my dad. And dad says, are you home? And I said, no, I'm at work. Uh, you know, what's going on? And he says, uh, well, your mother's falling down. I can't get her up. I said, well, Dad, you've got those medical alert device things. Use that. My sister paid for them to get these, you know, she paid for the service or whatever to get these medical alert things. It's, you know, the fall, I fall and I can't get up, that kind of thing. Well, Dad was helping Mom back from the bathroom, and she, her legs gave out, and he just couldn't get her up. And he, so I told him, well, use the medical alert thing. What are, you use that or call 911. He says, oh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. Whatever. So I, I, I get off the phone. The boss says, do you want to go home? I said, well, yeah, I got to go home. So I headed right home. Well, actually, to my parents' place. So I got, I, I got there, and Mom was in her, in her chair in her TV room. She sits there most of the day. And Dad's sitting there, and I get in. I said, okay, what happens? Well, they called the next-door neighbor. And Mary and Mary came over and got mom off the helped dad get mom off the floor. She got her in the chair, and, and I said, "Okay." Um, so I said, "I said to her, I said, um, have you been?" I said to my mom, "Have you been out of the chair since since you got got into it?" She said, "No." And I said, "You need to go to the bathroom." Yeah. Now, they listened to my neighbor. My, my mom was using a cane. My neighbor said, get your walker. Use your walker. So they had the walker set up in the room. So I said, okay, mom, let's get you into the bathroom. So I get the walker in place. She, she has one of these chairs that lifts up to help her get out. She could not get herself out of the chair. I had to help her out of the chair, help her in the bathroom. I had to help her out off the toilet and into the back into her room to a chair. Dad had to get her underwear back on. Yeah, I know. I can see my mom's ass. Ugh. Anyway, there could be worse things. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, I got her, you know, we got her back in there after going to the bathroom. And I needed to go out to the kitchen to just uh, collect my thoughts. Uh, as I was walking to the kitchen, mom was saying, I think I need to go back to the hospital. I got to the kitchen and uh, I called my older brother. His, Bob, I called my older brother Bob. Bob has medical power of attorney for my parents. I'm second on that because I live closest to them. So if a quick decision needs to be made, I'm second. But I, 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 I try to always consult with my older brother. I mean, especially at that point, I got to call him. I said, okay, I said, Bob, 
there's no way she can stay in this house. There's no way. Dad can't take care of her. There's no way. She needs 24-hour care. We got to send her back to the hospital. Let the hospital, you know, the medical professionals figure out what's wrong going on with her. And that's what I and Bob agreed with me. I explained it to the parents. We used the medical device thing. They called an ambulance. They took her down to the hospital. She was there for more than two weeks. Uh, and in that two weeks, they, they she had a lot of fluid in her body still. Her ankles were really swollen. Uh, and her kidneys were not working so well. Dialysis was mentioned at some point, and Mom didn't want to do dialysis. I talked to her on the phone, and she said, I'm 85. It might be my time. I said, Mom, with dialysis, it might not be your time. She says, I know, but... I think it's my time. Later that night, I talked to my dad, and he brought up a word that hadn't been said before, hospice. And that took me off guard. It's hospice. Oh, God. Turns out mom's not a candidate for, for dialysis. For whatever reason, she was not a candidate for dialysis. Her kidneys aren't working so great. Uh, and so she is home. She's on hospice care. Uh, for three months, they call it a soft start. They're going to check and see how she goes. She seems to, she's okay. She's able to get up and go to the bathroom and do the things. Uh, she's got a hospital bed in her bedroom now. Amy and I went over one Saturday, the Saturday morning before she came home to get that ready. Dad was having breakfast when we came over. And... Uh, um, we sat in with him and talked to him, and uh, for the first, for about the third or fourth time in my lifetime, I've seen my father cry because he's uh, he was pretty sure he's going to be losing his wife, and that's probably going to happen. But at least she's home, and she's doing okay so far. <clears throat> I don't want to end the show. On a heavy note, <laughs> let's end it on a lighter note. Uh, as I said uh, earlier when talking about Callie, uh, I told Amy that we weren't going to wait so long before getting another pet because I knew that it would be important to Amy. And we decided to get a dog. And Amy started looking through uh, Pet Finder. Uh, it's an app. She and she found you know a couple few dogs. And on Memorial Day, we met one named Theo, a male dog, who has anxiety issues and is not good with strangers. And at first, he was not real, you know, he barks at us and gets real defensive, but not aggressive, but defensive. But eventually, he began to warm up to us and would, you know, you know and, and his foster parents or owners, whatever you want to call them, they were very impressed with that and we, we were interested. But... I told Amy, I said, you know, we had a dog before, Quigley, who had stranger issues as well. And I said, I just I just want a dog that, you know, that I can bring over to my parents' place and not worry about, you know, walking on eggs, you know, keeping the dog away from him, putting a muzzle on him, all that kind of stuff. Later that day, we met another dog, a dog named Edna. Edna is a Japanese chin. Now she's you know, these are both rescues. We're going for the rescue dogs. We're not going through breeders. We're not going through humane societies. We're going through this pet app thing. 
and Edna is this is just coming out of puppy stage, and she is absolutely adorable. So we met her. She was friendly. She was, you know, just hopped in our laps and just, you know, it's just like she's almost like saying, "Just take me home." And uh, we met the uh, the foster uh, foster father, uh, Chris, uh, the foster mother. Jamie wasn't there, but Jamie and Amy had been texting each other and all that. So they set up a moment to meet. And uh, and and Chris told us, he said, "Look, I don't want to pressure you guys, but there's a lot of interest in her." Um, you know, go home, talk about it, let us know. This was on a Monday. He says, if you can let us know by Wednesday what you want to do, you know, I don't want to pressure you, but if you can let us know. We were driving home, and I said, if the other dog didn't have the anxiety issues, and, and he's, he, the dog's also on anxiety meds, didn't have the stranger issues, I might favor that one over Edna, because he's more of a dog. But Edna's just adorable. So I said, let's, I, 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 let's get in. And Amy was uh, on for that. She said, you know, she, I think she wanted Edna from the beginning. Hayden wasn't sure, kind of wanted a cat, but he liked Edna too. So, um, so I, that evening, we sent them, Amy sent them the text saying, let's, let's do this. Let's get the process going. Let's, let's, let's adopt this, this dog. Now the thing is, and you know, and that went through, we, we you know, all that. But the thing is, um, Chris told us while we were there that Edna was in heat. Okay, so that me and she hadn't been. She's they were scheduling her to be spayed. That was part of the adoption fee that they would have have her spayed. Uh, and it's so, oh, you didn't know when that was going to happen. So okay, okay, okay. Well, we found out that because she was in heat. She couldn't be spayed any sooner than June 16th. And we thought, oh, great. <laughs> Their appointment to get her spayed was June 24th. And they would have to, you know, kind of hang on to her for a couple of days after that just to make sure that no complications, everything's fine. And so we're like, we got to wait to the end of the month to get our dog? Because we... We got accepted. We did a, 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 a FaceTime home inspection. Amy did that. And they said, you're fine. Everything's good. Uh, Jamie, the foster mom, said, watch out for hawks. Because hawks could come and take a little dog. All right. The, the home inspection person that Amy talked to said, uh, keep an eye on this dog. Not because of hawks, but because it's a desirable dog. People might want to steal it. I mean, Amy was showing me. Says what we're paying for the adoption fees and all that isn't anywhere near if we had gone to a breeder to get a Japanese chin. That that we would pay at least two thousand dollars, and we're not paying anything near that. But you know, it's like okay, she, she's adorable. Jamie said, "You know, you guys might be able to become foster parents, you know, or fosters for the dog." And, and get Edna before all this. You just have to make sure that she gets all the things that she, you know, she gets the, get her to her appointment and get her taken care of and all that. But in the meantime, um, she said, you can visit anytime you want. I'll be near where you live on Sunday, this, this coming Sunday. I'll be near there so I can bring her over 
and you can have a visit. And we said, okay, that's great. But we're still like, we got to wait a month. Well, Amy did see if, can you know, at first we didn't think we could become fosters. And then we found out we can, and we are. And Sunday, we're going to get our dog. Technically, we'll be fosters for her. We won't be the, you know, the actual owners, the actual, you know, parents or however you want to say it. But Edna will be here Sunday and she'll be ours. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. I'm sorry again about that delay after that second break. I just, I thought, I, I, I was going to the bathroom. I had to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Denford Simmons, reminding you all to, you know, be skeptical of all that stuff. Wash your hands, do that stuff, and sleep on the lights off. See you next week. It's good to be back. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.